From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 31. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, the one and only Mr. Federico Vatici. Ciao, Mike. Ciao, Federico. How are you doing? I'm I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm a little bit under the weather today. I have a bit of a sore throat, um, which is scary, um, considering what I do for a living now, but I, I think I'm okay. You should have some kind of uh, insurance on your throat. Do you know what? I thought about that a little while ago, like in all seriousness. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Actually, it sounds like a joke. But seriously, there's people like uh, like celebrities, they do insurance like on their, like if you're a dancer on your legs, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like football people, uh, pretty sure I saw on the news, like insurance they insure on their, their feet. feet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it might not be a bad idea. Like, I don't know, like, losing my voice or maybe if I, like, get into a bad fight and somebody, like, cuts my throat or something, you know? I mean, that's what professional podcasters do. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I assume so. I assume so. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, fun topics today. Oh, we Bunch have such links. a huge topic. Huge topic. Another, another mini topic just for me. Need, uh, I'm in need of, uh, of advice. So, just a huge topic, mini topic, and a bunch of links that I want to discuss with you. Uh, if you if you will allow me to discuss the aforementioned links, Michael. <laughs> As in, I like how you say aforementioned after you literally just mentioned them. It's like, we have some links if you'll let me discuss the aforementioned links. <laughs> just, a, just a very, very quick... Uh, I'm on a tight schedule, Mike. So. Okay, but I'm sorry. Please crack on. <laughs> so, did you know that uh, you can download a, a Dreamcast theme for your 3DS? Oh my and word, I didn't know about this. So our friend Seth Clifford is going to be thrilled with, <laughs> with this news. It's very sad and, uh, and actually uh, also awesome at the same time. So Nintendo and, and Sega, they've made this new theme for the 3DS uh, dashboard. And um, so it's very, it's uncanny because they replicated the spinning noise of when you used to turn on the Dreamcast. So you can hear the machine noise when it turns on. There's uh, the the system sounds, of course, the icons. It's it looks like a Dreamcast on a Nintendo console. Which, if you ask me, like 15 years ago, hey, did you know that someday you're gonna be able to theme your uh, Nintendo portable console with <laughs> with the Sega Dreamcast theme? I, I would have called you crazy. And instead, today, uh, there's a video. You can take a look at the video on on Kotaku. Um, Mike, do you use any themes on your 3DS? Did you yeah. did you buy any? Yeah, I have um, the, I have like a Mario theme, like an old school Mario theme. Mm-hmm. But this is made, this is reminded me. I used the 20th anniversary PlayStation theme, which has all the old PlayStation sounds when you start it up and stuff. Oh man! Like, do you remember like the boom boom? Yeah. That noise. I can't do it, but you know what I'm talking about. That noise where you used to see the the colorful PlayStation logo. And it used to like shimmer. I have that theme on my PS4, and every time I turn it on, it makes that old noise. So I, I will probably check out this Dreamcast one as well. Hmm. Is it possible that you secretly also have the PlayStation 4 Anniversary Edition, and you didn't tell us? Yes. You sp- you spent so much money, and you didn't tell us. I spent twenty five thousand dollars on one. Wow, Jesus. Yep. Okay. Pod- podcasters, you know. <laughs> Good for you, Mike. <laughs> the money we make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um also on Kotaku there's this another another Do you not video. have a theme? Do you have not have a theme? I bought the old school Mario theme. Yeah, but I the don't use I it because 
again, same problem with the face plates. I have the, the, the what's, what is it called? The paralysis, paralysis of choice? Yeah. Basically, with so much choice, I don't know what to choose. And eventually, like, I choose one, I feel bad, and I just go back to the system one. Because okay. with the system one, I don't feel bad. Because, I mean, it's the system one. So I trick myself into believing that I have no options. Okay. While in reality, I have options, just too many of them. You know, it's kind of psychological twist. Um, the summons in Final Fantasy XV, they look amazing at least based on this first video from just one summon from the demo. So let's back up a little. Uh, Final Fantasy Type-0 HD uh, came out a few days ago in the US. It's coming out tomorrow in Europe. I'm going to buy the game, but that's for the second topic of the show. Um, if you buy the game, there's going to be a Final Fantasy 15 demo code inside. And so you can play a bit of Final Fantasy 15. Kotaku has been very positive about the game. I saw some tweets from people saying that they were excited to check out this game because there's some new ideas. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, you control a bunch of dudes going around in a car. Uh, but it seems to be like a decent uh, new take on Final Fantasy. And of course, there's a there's summons, so you can, you know, invoke uh, these creatures, these gods in the game. You've always been able to do so in Final Fantasy games, but in this one, they're huge. Holy and I mean, moly. And I mean, it's huge <laughs> if you take a look at the video. Yeah, you can tell what bit I just got up to, right? Yeah, it's it's big. And uh, and my favorite part from the video is that actually when, when the animation, if you call it that way, is finished, there's damage on the ground. Which is great because in old Final Fantasy games, like there's no relationship between you know these fancy cutscenes in the game, like summons and and you know special moves, and the actual uh, you know the, the the actual ground the the where you move in the game. You've basically no... killed everything. Yeah, 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 of course. And so it looks fantastic. I'm really, really excited for this game. Yeah, it looks incredible. It looks kind of. It looks very good. Um, there's a on there was the Kotaku article about the demo. There seems to be uh, a few issues with uh, with uh, frame rate, few glitches here and there. But of course, of course, it's a demo, so it's uh, it's uh, bound to change. I I hope at least for the final release. Next, Mike, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a hole in the ground? Have you ever wanted to be a hole in the ground? Because that's where you'll be able to be in an upcoming game uh, called Donut County. Okay. You'll, be, you'll play as a hole in the ground and you'll be able to swallow stuff. And it sounds ridiculous. It's, a, it's basically kind of like the opposite of uh, Katamari Damacy. Yeah. You, you basically, you're this hole in the ground and you start by swallowing, you know, creatures and garbage and, you know, then you move to, like, cars and furniture and then you can swallow entire, entire houses and, you know, places, trees, nature. And it's supposed to be some kind of also, like, a political commentary, social commentary on, on the United States of America. And in general, I guess... How? The, yeah, no, listen up, because... <laughs> It makes sense. It's supposed to be some kind of commentary on our culture of always wanting more and more and okay. new. New stuff and more stuff. So, the, like, the premise, it sounds ridiculous. You're a hole in the ground. And, but am I, you know, it's the kind of... So, I read this article. I, I first 
heard about this game, I think, last year on Twitter. And I saw the article on, on Offworld, which is this new website that I'm really into. Um, and there's an, an article by, I think, by Lee Alexander. And check it out, because if you're into these sort of weird games, like Atomari Damacy and, all, you know, this experimental kind of stuff, um, I, I want to keep an eye on it. I, I want to see what it's like to start swallowing stuff. And, yeah. you know... To, uh, because the hole grows bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, I think it'll be it'll be it'll be fun. It looks nice. It looks nice. I don't know. I I like this sort of weird, <laughs> of you know, uh, unusual games. Yeah. No. No. It looks. It does look very nice. It looks interesting. And I have played Katamari uh, Damacy before. On I think I got it on the Vita and I enjoyed it. Um, I got really stuck with it though. Um. But yeah, those those kind of games are interesting. It, that is just such a peculiar premise. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, there's a game that will make me, I think, or at least I hope. Wasn't that no, an Oasis song? I hope. I think I know. Yeah, it was. Um, do you remember that song, Mike? Uh, not by title. Yeah, it's from "Be Here Now." Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's this game that I, I think will make me play my new 3DS a lot, and it's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, it's um, it's a not a remake. It's a it's a port from this game that came out on the Wii. It's an RPG from a few years ago, and it's coming out on the new 3DS. Uh, only on the new 3DS because it uses some of the special hardware of the upgraded consoles such as the uh, the better CPU and stuff and it's coming out in Europe on April 2nd and I think in the US a few days later later and I'm really excited about this game because it's an RPG because I like RPGs on portable consoles I mean I played uh, 70 80 hours of Bravely Default last year so I there's a I'm really I'm really I really want to buy this game as soon as it's available. And there's a video on Polygon about gameplay. So if you're into uh, JRPGs, and if you don't mind the idea of having one on your new 3DS, go check out the video. It's 24 minutes of gameplay. I skipped a bunch of sections because I don't want to spoil myself. But it looks nice. It looks really nice. I mean, it doesn't look as good as the Wii version, but it looks decent on the new 3DS. And uh, that about sums up my links. Cool. Um, should we take a break and then get into the obvious topic today? Is there an obvious topic today? I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd heard a rumor somewhere on the internet about something that we might be... I mean, it's not like Nintendo is making mobile games. What could it be? Well, Federico, I have some news for you, but I'll tell you in just a moment. This episode <laughs> of Virtue is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you can share some news, organize your files, or even coordinate your calendars and manage your projects all in one place. It's a fantastic way for you and your team to work together and socialize together too. Intranet, Igloo's intranet platform works on any mobile device, including the iPhone and maybe an Android tablet or a 
uh, an iPad or an Android phone, but it also works on any desktop computer or any laptop because they have built their entire platform with responsive design built right in. That's how they thought about their platform. They've made it so you can do everything from upload photos and share photos to read documents with their HTML5 document preview engine to even managing tasks or managing your settings as well, all on any device. So you can work how you want, where you want. You're not crippled just because you're on your phone or something like that. With Igloo, you can work wherever, however, whenever. Igloo's latest upgrade, Viking, revolves around documents and how you interact with them, gather feedback, and make changes. Like, for example, they have added the ability to track who has read critical information to keep everyone on the same page. It's kind of like read receipts in your email, but way less annoying, helping you track whether employees have read and acknowledged policies, signed off on legal agreements, or confirmed completion of training materials. Best of all, Igloo's platform is super customizable. You can change how your Igloo looks and functions whenever you want. It's really, really easy to do that, and any change that you make shows up on every device instantly. If your company has a legacy intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s, you should be giving Igloo a try. It's totally free to use of up to 10 people and you can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So yesterday, this was yesterday, wasn't it? Or two days ago. I think it was two, oh, it was days, two days ago. Oh, two days ago. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday morning, my time. Uh... I saw some news and started texting you like incessantly until you answered. Um, well, I was sleeping. Yeah, you yeah, know. you were sleeping, and I thought <laughs> so I until keep... I woke up. Basically, yep. So yeah, one or the other, really. That was all I was going for. Uh, because there had been a press conference overnight um, in Japan yeah. where Nintendo had uh, announced a, a, a collaboration with Dina, which is a huge. Um, developer and kind of like game developer in japan and like they, they build systems they're like a mobile company right they bought ng moco uh, yeah. many years ago and they have some kind of partnership with disney at some point yeah they yeah they work with lots of those sort of companies like uh, they've done marvel games they've done disney games like they're a bit they're a big gaming house and and but they're also they they build systems as well so a lot of companies use them for that you know um where basically now what people had assumed was the so the announcement was that they were partnering now the original assumption was that they were partnering nintendo were going to make mobile games dino will be making the mobile games and they would also be creating a new back-end system like a network system for Nintendo. So basically the thing that we have bemoaned since this show started, which is Nintendo's online services, mm-hmm. are going to be managed by Dina, as well as Nintendo licensing their IP to Dina to use. So that's how it came out initially, and there's been a bunch of clarifications since. So I don't know where you want to start with this. Let's start from the clarification, I think. Okay. So... There was this joint conference with uh, Satoru Iwata from Nintendo, and I don't remember this, the name of the CEO of Dina, which I think it, it's supposed it's to DNA. be pronounced DNA, but we just say I Dina. I get it wrong every single time. I mean, it's it's written out as Dina, so, mm-hmm. you know, just say Dina for, you know, convenience. Um, so basically, the, uh, our original assumption, and also my original tweet about this, was wrong, because... Uh, Iwata clarified yesterday in an interview with Time um, that the games will be mainly uh, developed by Nintendo and that they chose Dina because of the service part. Because Dina has a, 
expertise and skills and infrastructure in making web services. So Nintendo, I mean, for me, the, 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 the confusing part is the mainly, because it seems like Nintendo is providing developers for, we can only assume iOS and Android, it wouldn't make much sense to have Nintendo games on Windows Phone, but hey, you never know. Um, so let's just say Nintendo is providing developers for iOS and Android, but also maybe someone from Dina is helping technically. And also the way that I originally read it is like Nintendo don't, Nintendo Studios, their game studios don't make every Nintendo first party game. Yeah. Like they've yeah. always had third parties helping them make some games. So maybe maybe that's what that part means, that, that the IP is up to grabs for anyone who can create a game that Nintendo yeah. deems is worthy of using the IP. So yeah, the, the big news is Nintendo is not saying we only want to bring these characters to mobile devices. It's it is, Every single franchise or character is available to mobile games. And that's the big news. Also the big news is for many years, the tech press and especially I think Apple related websites have argued that Nintendo should, should just take their catalog of 30 years of old games, so NES, SNES, you know, all the old Nintendo games, and make minor adjustments and bring them to iPhones or iPads or Android. And that's not going to happen. No. There's going to be, at least based on what Nintendo announced, they can always change their, their they, mind. They I mean, seem to have not really ruled it out, but they've made it explicitly clear that they will be making new games. Only new games specifically made for basically touch devices. And so there's going to be no conversions. And I guess it makes sense for two reasons. One, conversions, they are, ne they are never great. <laughs> when you, mm -hmm. I mean, if you try to play, you know, Chrono Trigger or old SNES games that are available on the App Store, they don't translate well to, you know, to touch devices. Uh, because the controls were different, I mean, for a bunch of reasons. And second, the second reason why I think Nintendo doesn't want to do this is because it'll, it'll eliminate the need for many people to have a virtual console on Nintendo, you know, on the Wii U and the 3DS. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's going to be just new games. The other, I'm just going through the big, you know, the basic stuff that we need to know. There, there's no confirmation so far of the kind of business model and payment model that Nintendo will use. It'll probably be some kind of combination of free-to-play, which Iwata doesn't call free-to-play, call, calls it free-to-start, if you read the interview. And, and I want to talk about this. Uh, there's going to be probably some combination of, uh, you know, regular premium games and free-to-play games, but we don't know. Iwata is, is insisting on saying we want to make sure that the payment model we choose uh, doesn't hurt the Nintendo brand and, and basically lets makes uh, parents comfortable because their their children are going to play these games yeah i mean but that doesn't it's it's kind of good when, luck when with you that. read that when you read that you're like awesome they're not going to do iap games but then you look at pokemon uh shuffle call it shuffle yeah and, and they just so there's no way of knowing really but but what it does mean is they're maybe going to try and not be too scammy i don't know i don't know um, but yeah, well, I, I think it's fair I to say there'll probably this. be a mix. That's because they say. they don't have they don't have much freedom on iOS. But I want I want to talk about this in a few minutes. Um, the first, what I want to ask you is a very basic question, Mike. Uh, from the conference and from the interview with Time, uh, 
Iwata is saying, we've been thinking really hard on the problems that we needed to fix in because we, we've been thinking about smart devices. We had some problems, and now we fixed these problems, we realized that the solution is not to uh, bring old games, but to make new games. What took them so long to understand that it's not as easy as taking old games and making them available on the App Store? Why so many years? What, what's the reason, in your opinion, Mike? So I tr- I tried to sum this thought up in a tweet and and it, I was I was toiling over it for a few minutes and I couldn't do it so I I thought I would save the the opinion to to talking about it with you. And this is how I felt as soon as I read the news and where I'm I'm happy about the news my my fundamental opinion on this hasn't changed. This announcement has is not coming from a company uh in with strength. Mm-hmm. Um, this announcement, whilst it's definitely the right move for Nintendo, because they are they are missing out on a on a huge opportunity to to get people to understand their brands. Because if you create a a Kirby game, uh, and and it's a fun little uh, endless running game, right? And then that that becomes popular on the App Store. You are opening kids up to the idea that Kirby exists, and and where where are there bigger and more Kirby games on the Wii U, right? So, like fundamentally, any any armchair critic can see why there is a huge benefit to Nintendo for doing this because it doesn't cannibalize their platform; it actually opens people up to their platform more. Um, because they're not going to be doing ports, right? So I I look at this announcement and. I see it as a company that is only doing this now because they have run out of options. That they are not in the best place that they have ever been right now. They're in actually historically for them in recent years a bad place. Uh, they are in a place right now where they were previously, and the Wii saved them uh, and propelled them to heights like hitherto unseen. But then they've not got another. A Wii is a once in a lifetime type thing. Or once in a in a in many 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 decades, like they're not just going to pull another Wii out because nobody had done it. Bef- nobody had done it like in years and years and years, right? And nobody's done it since. Like Xbox wasn't the new Wii. Like there just has never been a console that I can remember that got as big as that. Like since I was a kid, I suppose. You know, like you take it right back to the originals. So they they are right now in a situation where Nintendo. I agree with you. They have spotted their flaw. Their flaw in online services is not the thing here because that's something like we've spoken about. This fundamentally, they are not a company that understands how to do these things. So bringing in a company to do that for them could have taken this long, and if they would have done it, it's fine. But the mobile games thing, they are announced. They they have they have entered into this partnership. They have given up a portion of their company because they are in a stage now where they can't do this on their own because they waited too long, so they need a company that knows how to do it, who can help them. And they are only doing this, in my opinion, right now, because they're on a downswing, and if they don't pull up from this downswing, they're screwed. And if and and it seems, logically, that mobile gaming, iOS gaming, Android gaming, is the only other hope that they've got, because it's the only platform that they're not attacking. I guess the very fundamental problem for Nintendo is that the the people who bought a Wii in 2006, they either grew up to switch to a more 
I would say, mature or uh, hardcore console, such as the PS4 or the PS3, or they just continue to play casual games on mobile devices. Or they just stopped caring and it gathered dust. Yeah, or they just stopped caring. That's the more nuclear option. (laughs) Um, But let's say that Nintendo, Nintendo released the Wii, and the audience plays the Wii for a couple of years, and then there's a fork in Nintendo's road. Uh, some part of the of the audience, uh, of their Nintendo people, they go to other platforms because they want more, you know, mature games, and other people continue playing, and they go to mobile devices. So Nintendo now, it's, it's still in the middle, basically, because they did the Wii U and the 3DS, and they're still going after this type of audience. They've been, doing, they've been trying to do more of a fan service, uh, I guess, with many of the latest releases on the new 3DS and the Wii U, but they're still in the same position in the middle, while clearly, you know, there's this clear separation of these two types of gamer. And I am wondering why... Because, I mean, if you, if you believe that you can continue to stay in the middle and be unique, good for you, right? Uh, because I've argued for, and I still believe that, you know, Nintendo can be truly unique with, with its own hardware. But if you think that you want to go after, you know, the mobile audience, if you think that's what you need to do, how is it possible that it takes you three or four years to realize that? Um, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. What I what I do know, what I want to talk about, is from the time interview something that caught my attention. Iwata says we are familiar with touch screens and with gyroscopes because we've been doing this kind of work uh, with the DS and with the Wii. And so I'm wondering. Okay, let's just say now we know Nintendo is making mobile games. But what kind of games should we expect from Nintendo? And given this statement that we know touchscreens, we know gyroscopes, I think we're we're going to see games that highly take advantage of these types of controls. And I was thinking, what's a Nintendo game that really uses all a bunch of different controls, a bunch of different inputs, you know? And I'm thinking, why you wear? it's it, uh, like it's the perfect game for this type of uh, gameplay uh, that uses various mechanisms and various yeah. you know various types of uh, control. I totally the game. buy that. That's a, that's a, that would be a fantastic game uh, for because the it uses the uses the touch screen to yeah. you know to swipe and slice stuff. It uses the microphone if you want like to blow into the game and you know you need to move something with your you know with to simulate air and that kind of stuff. And it uses the gyroscope. And on iOS, actually, you will have access to even more types of feedback because, you know, there's a, you could use vibration, you could use, you know, bigger screens. There's a bunch of different possibilities for, for you know, this kind of Nintendo franchise to, to come to mobile games. But what's also interesting is this uh, service part, this online component that Nintendo is working on. Because let's say, okay, Nintendo is making mobile games. Nintendo is making mobile games that take advantage of these different input mechanics, that take advantage of touch and, you know, gyroscopes and all what makes uh, iOS and Android devices unique. But what about this Dina company? What's their role in making this service, this online component? Is it for multiplayer? Is it for, because they're calling it a membership service. 
um, is it the new club Nintendo basically? And and um, and I have a, a theory that all this somehow ties in into cross promotion that Nintendo wants to do, right? Because it's it, they're not saying it outright, but basically they want to use mobile games to make people buy Nintendo consoles in the future. And of course, because from the same conference, there was the announcement to reassure investors and people in general that Nintendo is making is working on the next um, major Nintendo console, codenamed Nintendo NX. Uh, we don't know what that stands for. Uh, anyway, they want to use smart devices and smart, you know, mobile games to make people know their brands, know their characters, and switch to premium experiences by buying the console and the physical game or the eShop game. How does Nintendo plan on doing this cross-promotion? Because I'm, I'm not sure Apple allows you to do this kind of stuff on the, on the App Store. Like, and like I mean, what kind of stuff? What do you mean? I mean, can you make a game and say this is the game if you want if you want the full experience, if you want more stuff, go to our store and buy a Nintendo Wii or buy a Nintendo DS. I feel like you could tie them in. I, I don't think they have to say like if you want the full experience. They they couldn't create like a demo for a Wii game, but they could create like a game and be like if you want more of what we do, go here maybe. I don't know. I think I mean, Apple has been super weird about this, you know, cross-promote your product or your web... I mean, for sure, there's not going to be a, an eShop inside, uh, you know, the, the an iOS game. They cannot do the kind of stuff like, you buy the iOS game, you get $5 off your... Uh, y- the eShop purchase of another game. That. How? Because, the, for instance, you cannot do, like, Kindle, you cannot buy Kindle books. Yeah, but you don't need to buy it, so... If they, if you signed in with your new uh, Nintendo Club ID thing to any app that you buy, like you sign into that, then they know by your account that you've mm-hmm. that you. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. So they could give you a discount. So do you think they're making this basically? It's going to be the new Club Nintendo that works on yeah. all platforms, and it recognizes the purchases that you make on you know iOS and Android, and then those purchases count towards your account to unlock God knows what. Um, I expect. Like, at least get you more points if they're going to do something like that. That's See, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, there's so many, so many characters that Nintendo could bring to to mobile devices. And, I mean, the the idea of a Kirby (laughs) Endless Runner kind of makes sense. I mean, there's, there's already those types of games on a DS or on a Wii only makes sense to have one on a on a on an iOS device or WarioWare because it uses all you know these different types of input. Um, there's an article on on games industry uh, that I found really interesting. Uh, basically, the ar- the article argues that this is a much better deal for Dina than Nintendo. Uh, and that it's not impossible that Dina over time will become a Nintendo, basically a Nintendo company, the first Nintendo acquisition in in many many years, and because Nintendo is buying ten percent of Dina. Yeah, but um, for the same value, I can't remember the percentage. One percent, I think, of a Nintendo. Yeah, so they they have exchanged the same value of stock. That's what's so interesting to me about this, and that's why it's that's why I see it as like a desperation move. 
Nintendo have given away a portion of their company, but they clearly don't have the money that they feel to actually buy this company or even to just buy a stake in them. They've had to give away stock to do this. And that's why it just all of this is just so weird to me. Like, the obvious move is just, we'll just buy them, we'll just buy the company. But instead, they've had to do this weird, we now own part of each other. And and you can see, like, the reason that they might say and the reason that, if you know, it, that this does make sense, I suppose, is that they now both have a vested interest to each other to make this work. Yeah, I mean, the article argues that Gina is not in a good position right now in Japan because that they have serious competition that they've struggled to expand you know in the western markets and the nintendo chose them is like it's the best thing that could have happened to the company and i mean dina doesn't make fantastic games they they probably do make a good infrastructure they do probably make a good service they're not really well known for making I mean, they made a couple of really popular games, I think. They have money, but they're not in an awesome position, basically. Because they're, it's the, the, like the, the same story for many other Japanese companies. They are insanely popular in their own territory, and they struggle to expand. So with this Nintendo deal, Dina has a serious chance of you know, doing international work and expansion. Um, I think... It'll be, I mean, I'm very confused because I'm thinking about this announcement and I'm very confused. One, because I didn't see this coming, honestly, no. because until a few min- until a few months ago, what I was saying, we, I mean, the guy said, we think that by not doing smart device games, we are saving the future of the company. So you go from that position to doing a joint conference with another company and you do this weird stock exchange deal and you announce mobile games and a new online infrastructure. Well, so, like you can see how obviously this is a relatively fresh idea because they've not got anything to show. No, nothing. The right way to do this is to say, and we're launching Mario Paint on iOS in fall of 2015. But instead <laughs> it's like... We haven't got anything, yeah, but I promise you, just... we're doing something. Well, we there's a there's a there's a bunch of slides if you want to take a look at those. But they don't have any games on them. Though, nothing, nothing, or yeah. not even a website, or you know, yep. you can already sign up for this new membership service. There's nothing, so I'm very confused, and because for years I thought, okay, Nintendo is not just gonna do mobile, and now Nintendo is doing mobile games. So I need to still kind of accept the fact. But I've been thinking about free-to-play or free-to-start, as they call it. So I'm thinking of two examples. The first one is Pokemon Shuffle, that we talked about in a few episodes ago, and you mentioned how it, it uses the you know m- many of the free-to-play mechanics. Uh, you need to wait, right, mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you fail at the game. And then there's the other free-to-play experiment from Nintendo, which is Rusty's uh, Real Deal Baseball, which is a collection of mini-games related to baseball, as the name suggests. And that's interesting, because instead of doing the standard, you know, free-to-play, you can buy a sack of gems, or you need to wait a few minutes to refill your lives, it has this haggling mechanic that you need to talk to the to this rusty individual in the game 
when you want to purchase items or mini games, you talk to this character and you need to haggle the price. You can, if you do the right, if you choose the right options in the dialogue, in the conversation, you can get a much cheaper price on minigames. And this is real money. This is actual money. And I'm thinking, could Nintendo do this on iOS? Could Nintendo have this kind of dynamic, uh, non-fixed, in a purchase mechanic. And I think it'll be difficult for them because on the App Store, when you try to, when, when you want to do a free app or even a paid app, but just when you set the price of in-app purchases, you need to do that in iTunes Connect. And you cannot say there's going to be this in-app purchase and the user will be able to choose the price. Uh, at least I don't think you can no, do that. No, they could do this. How? So tell me how. Let's let's use this game as the the method. So there are three potential outcomes from a conversation. There is ninety nine cents, two dollars, and three dollars. Right? That they're the three like that's set by Nintendo in advance. Depending on the route this this conversation goes, depends on what price you're going to pay. Now, all they would need to do from a technical perspective is just present you with the bill at the end, right? So you would go through and it would take you to the point where you're given one of the three options depending on the route that you choose, right? So you, you go through and you answer these questions or whatever and then you're presented with the $2 aspect. Mm -hmm. So from a technical level, I actually think it wouldn't be too difficult to do. You, it's just that's the screen that you present people with. And and there is precedent in pr in. Uh, price choice now but this is a slightly different thing but I think it's still possible but like say for example an app like Unread which is a pay what you want model just what you want like you can enter the amount of dollars that well you as in from these three choices from three choices so because I'm thinking Nintendo could do this just by basically having a few options Let's say for each mini game that you buy in, in in the game, you have three options. The problem or the difference from the from the eShop from the, the 3DS game is that you the the customers would see all these options in iTunes. Right, but this is what I'm saying. Like, so that's the way that we know it would work. But then the the point that they would need to try and see if they can confirm with Apple. Uh, is to do it that way. Like I still think, like behind the scenes, there are three options. You just don't see them, and and you you get presented with the one that you will pay, depending on the route of the game you take. Yeah, and but from what, a technical uh, perspective, this is possible, but it's whether Apple will allow it is the other aspect. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That on the App Store, like if Nintendo releases Rusty's Deal Baseball on the App Store, and it's a free download, and you go there, you see this game offers in-app purchases. You open the in-app purchases, and you see all of them. So you already know going before going into the game that you'll be able to get that price for a minigame. So it kind of well, ruins the surprise. Depends how they name them, though. They could name them cryptically enough that you wouldn't know oh, what yeah. it's related if, to. If they, yeah, I guess they could be weird enough yeah. <laughs> to kind of make this work. But that's that's the point, right? We don't know, and it's all so different because on on their own platform they can kind of do free to play whatever they however they want, right? They set the rules on the eShop and they do just what they want. On the App Store, they're not in control. Nope. And they need to respect, you know, they need to respect the Apple rules. They need to respect guidelines. Well, this is this exact reason that you are, that this exact thing that you're talking about is probably the complete reason why they've not done it until now. Yeah. Because Nintendo 
maybe more than any other company, is used to 100% control. Yep. They've never had it any different. Um, and I know that Microsoft and Sony, you know, they don't. It's not like they publish games for each other's platforms, but they've they've they work in other businesses. They do other things. This is Nintendo's business. Like this is what they know, and they have known that for the last 25, 30, 40 years, however long it's been, I don't know off the top of my head. They they have had complete control of the way that their video games are made, and they've always been very successful. But now things are changing. Do you think that m- making Nintendo games for other platforms fundamentally compromises the nature of Nintendo? Yeah, I do, yeah. But it could also strengthen them. So from from a old-world Nintendo view, and like from looking at Nintendo as they are right now, and how they've always been, if you think of them in that way, the way that me and you know them, Right from being fans and and not just from being observers, we know that this is not Nintendo's way. And Nintendo's strength has always been exactly the same as Apple's strength, which is owning everything and creating experiences because you control it all. Like for people that that try and argue the other way, the company that you use to compare them to is like the exact wrong company because it's the right one. Like people say that, yo, you know, they're very uh, Apple in their way. They should think about things differently, but they're very Apple in their way because they control the whole stack, right? That's what they've always done. They control the games, they control the hardware, and the best in Nintendo games are Nintendo's games because they do that. They are exactly the video game world's Apple, but they are now in a situation where that's not working for them anymore because the market's moving. So, like, from the way that me and you know them, it does compromise them because it they have to be able to adapt because they can't think in the way that they get to set the terms anymore because it just doesn't work like that. So that's why I think it, it compromises them. But this is potentially their saving grace. And if that's the case, then brilliant. And And Nintendo are not going out of business, but they're not. They're not staying in business very well at the moment. So I read this article on Wired and that it's sort of the same point that you just made. Uh, If successful, these changes Nintendo forever because if Nintendo becomes a successful publisher and creator of mobile games, people are going to want more mobile games from Nintendo. So Nintendo's saying... We want to make mobile games to entice people in the future to also buy our consoles. But if mobile games continue to do do well and continue to do well for Nintendo, and if the dedicated consoles just continue to be just a you know a small business for Nintendo, people will just say, "Let you should just." make mobile games. Yeah, like, just why are you make... wasting time and money on these consoles, which are way more expensive? So, be- because Nintendo is allowing itself to be in the position of saying, we make mobile games, if the experiment goes well, in the future, there's the possibility that people will be like, just make mobile games. We don't care about the other stuff. We want all your all your stuff on these platforms because this is where the money is. And it's kind of kind of scary to to think about that as a long time Nintendo Nintendo fan, I think, and that's why it's so hard for me to. I mean, 
I've been playing Nintendo games for 20 years, and the thought of having official Nintendo games on a non-Nintendo device is weird, and it's so strange. And, like, I'm thinking, okay, they're making mobile games, but, like, I'm, I, I still kind of, part of me still doesn't want to believe that it's, it'll be, like, a real Nintendo game. You know what I mean? Like, like it's another company. It's, like, instead, it, it is the real deal. It is Nintendo making mobile games. And I think part of the problem why also we see other uh, publications struggling to understand exactly what's going on is that people like me work for those publications right because it's i mean it's 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 different i really don't know i really don't know what to think and also i i find it interesting that with the announcement of uh, of mobile games we see teasers of of a console at the same time i, I don't know it's it all this is so strange. That feels like a necessary part of the press conference, though, to, to me. Well, because they're not denouncing... You're keeping... I don't know if... Do you have the same expression in English? In, in, in Italy, we say, you keep your feet in, foot in both shoes, something like that. Uh, I, can, I can get that expression. Like they're they're trying to have the best of both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> but I do see it as in like they couldn't have left that press conference if they're working on a new console and not said it because otherwise that is a complete one eighty. Like if they left that press conference saying, "Now we're making mobile games. See you in the fall." Like that is a I don't know that that. The, the the share price went up, right? Nintendo mm-hmm. share price, I think it went up by 25% on this news. I don't think it would have gone up as high if they would have just said what they said. Because fundamentally, for at least for the time being, until they have a proven track record in mobile, Nintendo need to keep con- continuing to make what they currently make because that's how they make any money. There's nothing to say they're going to make any money yet. So if they're, if they're going to have a press conference like this, and not say, and we're working on something new, like a brand new home console or a brand new portable console, I think they would have been in for a bit of a rough time. I think it was a necessary part of this announcement. So what we know from this new console, we don't know much. Just know the name, basically, right? Just know the code name, and we know, based on what Nintendo said before, that it'll it'll likely use a shared architecture between the home console and the portable console. It'll be, according to, I'm pretty sure Iwata said, we want to have a family of devices, like like Apple has. It's a family of devices with, within the same ecosystem. Because right now, I mean, we talked about this before so many times, um, you cannot just buy a game and have the same game, you know, on two consoles. I mean, j- there was Super Smash Brothers, the same game, it has basically no compatibility between the 3DS and the Wii U. Let so, me tell you a dream scenario for me. Okay. You have a, a Mario game, right? Yeah. Uh, that comes out across three different platforms. So you have whatever whatever it is. Let's just say it's the brand new Super Mario game. And in that new Super Mario game, like in Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, coins are a big part of the game, right? 
So you mm. collect up coins that allows you, and they say it allows you to buy more power ups. I'm not thinking free to play here, by the way. Like that's just you collect coins in the game as normal, and you can use that to buy power ups or whatever in the game, unlock other levels, that kind of thing. You have this on the Wii U, and it's really great. Looks fantastic. Like it's really greatly powered. And then you have a version that's on, like, all right, it's on the home console. Then you have a version on the portable console. Same levels, just doesn't look as great or whatever, right? Very much like Smash Brothers. So my thinking there is, you could then play the game wherever you wanted to play, cross buy. Yeah, mm-hmm. following me so far, like cross buy, cross save, that kind of idea. But at the same time, you have a iPhone game that comes out. That is a selection of small mini games that you can also collect coins in that allow you to purchase things in the big game. Hmm. And they are only able to do this because they are building a new platform infrastructure, which allows them to tie everything together. So they're able to create a suite of games that interact with each other. You can buy and play them all individually. It doesn't make a difference. If you want to play the new Mario minigame, just play the Mario minigame. But it tells you hmm. these coins, you can use them in the new Super Mario Brothers for NX. And then it, that is also another push to tell you to go and buy this new game. Two thoughts. It's, it's a great idea, by the way. Two Thank thoughts. You. One, imagine the Zelda mini games on iOS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have all these Zelda mini games that you normally have in the game, like the bomb mini game. Yep, and you're training uh, your skills. You're, you're getting experience points, which allow you to be better in the big game. And two, Nintendo needs to balance carefully people who just go to the App Store and they want to play a game without caring about the other premium experience and people who buy the mini game as an extension of the full game. Meaning, can these, if this is part of Nintendo's plan, can the smaller iPhone version stand on its own? I think they have to. Because that's I mean, the only way that you can promote the big yeah. game. Because you have to get people to play it. And I think that that's, that is very impo- it's a very important point that you make. But like if you imagine a Z- just Zelda, it's just called Zelda Archery. Yeah. Like that's the name of the game. But like it just a couple every now and then it just reminds you what you're building experience for. And then imagine building that into Amiibo. Like hmm. there's this is a whole big thing that they potentially can unlock here. And and if they do this type of thing well, like this will be Nintendo's third wind. But like this, it's they are really treading some delicate ground, because as well, like we're at least a year away from anything. Yeah, I mean, imagine if Apple opens up the NFC APIs in iOS nine or whatever, and imagine if Nintendo could do Amiibo out of the box on iOS with iPhones and iPads. Well, if you think about it, it takes a company like this to do that. But the thing is, though, Federico, they could just make a second round of Amiibo that don't need it, don't need the NFC. They have NFC plus something else in them. Like, you know, you can get, like, those Angry Birds toys that you can place on the iPhone screen and you do stuff mm-hmm. with them. Like, you've seen this sort of stuff, right? And it recognizes think, yeah. it recognizes that you've bought them. It's like Amiibo, but for the iPhone. Yeah. So Nintendo could just do that as well as it working with NFC. Man, there's so many 
options. I mean, it's a new Nintendo, right? And, yeah. and it's, it, it's, it's... <laughs> it is, but this is exactly what we want them to do. But again, like, I'm saying yeah. all this stuff, but there's still this part of me that's like, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I, but I, I lack a fundamental trust in them to do the right thing. Yes. Yes, me too. And also, I know that it's stupid, but part of me, the nostalgic part of me, also doesn't want them to change too much. Yeah, I know. And I know that um, it, it wouldn't be good for the company because they need to change and adapt because people change and people don't care about the history of companies, right? People change, traditions don't. And I know that it, Nintendo needs to change, but still, like, I have my memories of Nintendo making games for the Game Boy and Nintendo, the Nintendo console at home under my TV, and I don't want Nintendo to make cheap stuff on iPhones, you know? But I know that it's stupid, because they need to, so I'm kind of I'm torn well, between... Well, they don't need to make cheap stuff. They need to yeah, make stuff. Yeah, but still, it won't be the real Nintendo stuff, you know? I mean, can Nintendo... This is my main question, like, the, the actual core of this topic. Can Nintendo make mobile games that are as awesome as the Nintendo games on Nintendo consoles? Can Nintendo make games that don't make me wish for the real game? Well, the thing is, though, okay, (laughs) so there's two parts to that. One, I think they can make games which feel like Nintendo games because we've already mentioned a few scenarios in which there are mini games inside of games that could be very easily turned into iPhone games, right? Mm-hmm. And and they, they can be made really well, made with the characters you love and be a lot of fun. But the thing is, the fundamental thing is, the whole point of this is because they want you to wish for the bigger game. That's that, But that that's doesn't have to be a bad thing doesn't have to be a bad thing i mean can these games be fun without being too right. much of really just an interactive advertisement i think so and that's what they need to work on but fundamentally you need to come away from that being like i really enjoyed this i would like more of this that that's how you need to come away from it that that if they can do that then they've won but they have to do that in a this isn't enough i need something more to like this is really fun I would like to play more in this world or I would like to be able to do this or I would like to be able to have this on a my TV, you know? That's what they mm. need to be able to do. That's that's the key part and in theory that feels like the only reason they would they would do this. But I I don't know yet. The last point that I want to make kind of crazy sort of off topic stuff, but I thought about this last night and I wanted to run this idea by you, Mike. So Nintendo has this program, uh, you know, that it's coming up this year, uh, the Quality of Life Initiative. Here we go again. Yeah, that thing. I've forgotten about that. Yes, it still exists. (laughs) So we know that they're making a sleep tracking sort of device. And Nintendo, of course, this Quality of Life Initiative will span a range of devices and services to, of course, improve the quality of life of people. So I'm thinking, Nintendo is doing, or will be doing... um, iOS and Android games. What if this quality of life initiative plugged into Apple Health and Google Fit on mobile platforms? I mean, it is crazy enough to make sense. When you think about it, quality of life. The thing is, though, all of this health stuff, you know this, it's only valuable if you own it. 
Mm. Which is why companies like Fitbit. Yeah, I was just about to say, I want Nintendo quality of life to be like a Fitbit, you know, <laughs> or like a job on maybe. They yeah. have their own thing, but also they plug into the, the basic uh, database on a smartphone. But if, if I'm right, if, if I've understood you correctly, there is some stuff that these companies don't give you, like, and they keep some things to themselves. So cause this stuff is only is only truly valuable if you own it. And if you're just giving all that data away, I don't know how valuable it is. The right well, thing they, to do, but they could make uh, like a smart a smart band for <laughs> iPhones, and you know the quality of life goes mobile. I really can't understand. I I still just on a fundamental level do not understand what they're trying to do. Well, I don't understand, but let's just play ball and assume that Nintendo (laughs) wants to do this stuff. (laughs) Come on then, guys. Let's see what you've been working on. I mean, it's interesting to think about it. Uh, Considering that both iOS and Android have their own kind of fitness and health stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it Um, only makes sense at the end of the day. Like, if, if the plan is to make these types of devices like everybody else's, then you've got to tie into the platforms that exist. But... Again, I still don't... I mean, I just fundamentally am not sure that they're going to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see my <laughs> did you see my tweet today of uh, Atari Fit? Oh, I don't even know what. So Atari has made a fitness app that, from my understanding... Atari get bought? Oh, yeah, it's... So this is somebody using so the name. Sad. It's a new Atari, kind of. And they're also there trolling... Uh, Jeff Minter, uh, you know, the Tempest guy. Uh, there was a huge controversy yesterday of Je- Jeff Minter being unable to release, I think, um, the Tempest, uh, what's the name, TXK. Right. Uh, you know, the, the Vita game that we talked about. Uh, he won't be able to release the game on PC, I think, and other platforms because Atari is kind of tre- threatening to sue him. Awful story. Uh, anyway, Atari has released Atari Fit, which is a, uh, an iPhone app that, uh, like, you can do workouts and stuff, and you unlock points, and with the points you unlock like Atari old Atari games. Mm. <laughs> so video game companies even make any sense. are That's... going are going mobile man with the fitness stuff. This isn't even a video game company though. This is like some no, random. No, this is just sad. Me. Actually, <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah. But still, you know, Nintendo quality of life. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what they do, you know? I've, I've been meaning to buy a bedside sleep tracking device. I've been keeping an eye on the white things. Uh, what is it called? The Aura? Uh, the white things Aura that monitors your sleep. You put this little uh, thing by your bed and, like, it monitors how you sleep. You know, you're resting rate and stuff mm. so i'm kind of into you know this crazy robot <laughs> help me i don't know have about the better life stuff you know because like i want to sleep better yeah but i just feel like with a lot of other things there's stuff you can do but sometimes there's nothing you can do about the way you sleep no nah, not true okay. not true maybe i don't know enough not true. Surprisingly, there's many factors that can influence how you... Not just... I mean, sleep is sleep, right? But there's many types of sleep. The, I mean, this, this is another show. But anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. I want to see Nintendo doing you know, weird stuff. I like weird Nintendo, honestly. Like when they did it... Do you remember the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance stuff? Like when they... they the, the 
what's the name? People in the chat room, help me out. The Game Boy Advance connection cable, something like that. Don't I know. owned like two of those cables. Yeah, what, when you could just link them together to play? Oh, you could link a GBA with the GameCube and there were these couple of games, I think, that took advantage of the fee- of the functionality. And uh, like there was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and there was a Zelda for Four Swords Adventures and, you know... The Game I- Boy I like Advance when- Link Cable. Link Cable, thank you, Mike. Uh, I like Weird Nintendo. I also like Nintendo to stay in business, but I yeah. like Weird Nintendo. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Let's talk about another company. Let's talk about Sony. Yep. And let's talk about PlayStation. And let's talk about the fact that Saturday, Michael, I'm going to buy a PC4. Are you actually going to do it this time? I'm actually going to do this because there's a reason why it's happening right now, this week. There's um, an electronics uh, kind of chain in Italy called UniEuro, which is like Best Buy, right? And I have the a discount because I bought some house stuff a few weeks ago they gave me these coupons to spend for a hundred euros and i want my girlfriend also said you could use them to buy a ps4 because you've been you know you've been saying that you want to buy a ps4 so she's awesome i and thought she says, you were yeah. gonna say because you've been well behaved lately i don't know I why mean, that I mean, popped into my head I mean, you've well been behaved. a good boy <laughs> i've been a good boy and i can get my playstation <laughs> so i'm gonna buy a ps4 michael and I have two questions for you and for our listeners. First question is, which model should I get? Second question, second question, which games should I get? If you can help me out. Um, hmm. <laughs> so let's start with the hardware. Should I get, I mean, there's a white PS4, I think. Because I saw it. But I'm not sure. Can I just buy the white play? I mean, there's, I don't know. White PlayStation 4, it looks nice. But I think I'm more into the black PlayStation 4. So I'm going to get the black PlayStation 4. What about storage? What about bundles? Should I get a bundle? Should I get a higher capacity? Is there options there? Can you help me out, Michael, with my choosing troubles? Um, I can't remember if there's capacity options. Okay. Um... If there is, I didn't probably didn't get the cheapest one, but I didn't get the most expensive one. Uh, I can look this up, like PS4 consoles or something. Because I do want, okay, about the games, I do know that I want to play Last of Us Remastered. Yeah, you edition. should get that one. That's definitely one you should get. Because is there a, a bundle with this? There probably is. I mean, you'd need to check in your local store, but there there are bundles. Cause I bought the bundle. I bought the Last of Us bundle. Okay. Um. It's difficult to see. See, because everywhere is just showing bundles, so I can't see if they, it does have sizes. Get one with a chunky hard drive would be my my option. Hmm. What, is, what have we got here? So. I could probably get the Last of Us bundle yep. and then buy the physical copy of Final Fantasy Type-0. So I get Last of Us, I get... Um, Final Fantasy, I get the demo of Final Fantasy 15 inside Type-0, and then I should probably get some stuff from the PSN. Yes. Because I've been interested in also checking out Dragon Age Inquisition. I think it's 
huge RPG, but maybe I should I should do you oh, know, one thing at a time. I think there's only just one option with a 500 gig hard drive now. Hmm. So you'll be fine. Um, you should do that. Let me think. I'm trying to think what I what I've played. I mean, I liked Call of Duty. Mm. If you can get it, if you mm. can get it, uh, pre-owned, get it because I think graphically it's the best game that I've played on the PlayStation Four so far. It gives you an option. It gives you an idea of what this thing can push. If I can, if I can get it for like ten euros, yeah, I then get it. Otherwise, what? don't because you won't you, you won't enjoy it. What's the name of this Call of Duty? Uh, Advan- Advanced Warfare. I have to okay. Go look at my thing. My my budget for that is tops for fifteen euros. Yeah, as far as these games go, as well, I said at the <laughs> time, like it's the best Call of Duty I've played in a long time. Just play the campaign. Um. Transistor from the chat room. Transistor Valtonis is recommending. Yes, yep. I do want to check out Transistor. It's check from the makers of. Ah, uh, uh, help me out. What's the name of the Bastion? Bastion. Yeah, that's it. I'm not sure about Destiny and Shadow of Mordor because I one, haven't played either of those. Not a fan of first-person first shooters too much, and online multiplayer is a problem for me because I feel bad. And the Shadow of Mordor stuff, it's a Lord of the Rings material universe, right? I think. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not Lord into I'm not into that either. So See then again, like uh, are, you, are you interested in Grand Theft Auto? Uh I I have the game on the three sixty. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to play the game again. I mean, it, I it, I bet it looks great, but it's just the same game. I want to try new stuff. Okay, I want to play new stuff. Yeah, see, that's where the, we get into other problems because then I would, you know, say to you that all the cross-buy games, like Oli Oli Two, Rogue Legacy. Oh, so I could I could open my account and see what games I can redownload for free. Yep. Because I I did the cro- that's a good idea. See, didn't didn't think about that. So you'll get all of those. Uh. I think I'll be fine with just the Last of Us and Type Zero Thing for a is, couple like, of weeks. It's still too early in this console cycle. For yeah, like I, I think so. Real standout games, but I think you should buy it now because there's a bunch of stuff coming up that we're excited about. Like, well, namely, you need it for for No Man's Sky. <laughs> just a bunch of stuff. Well, it's actually just No Man's Sky. Yeah, that I'm. I'm. I really wanna wanna play that game. So I'll have my my Wii U, my PS4, my new HDTV. I'm really happy, Michael. Good. I feel really sorry happy. for my Xbox One. Oh, you're not playing at all. Well, there's nothing on it. I mean, I I still haven't yet got Only in the Magic Forest. The reviews were not particularly good. I, think. I saw some good ones. I think. But, yeah. But anyway, I still want to try it out. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But like most of the games these days, you know, they are cross-platform. And if a game is cross-platform, then I will want it on the PS4 because yeah. I just prefer the console. Yeah. Oh, Valthanis is recommending Far Cry 4, which I, I know that one of my writers at Max Stories 
loves. And I saw that some videos and screenshots and it looks gorgeous. Again, it's a, f an, a shooter, so I'm not really into those games, but I like good graphics. You know, I could probably use like like uh, like Frank Underwood in, in the House of Cards when after a long day at work, he relaxes with Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. I can see myself doing that, doing the same, you know, after a long day of writing, just shooting stuff in some games. So I don't have to think about it. And I see also awesome graphics. But I want to spend 15 euros for that because yeah. I don't want I don't want to spend 60 euros for that kind of game. Will for sure. um, a UK version of the game work in Europe? Mm. I think, yeah, well, I it's, think a, it's a PAL version, so yeah. Then I'll just ship you mine if you can't no, find it. No, no, well, I'm not do playing that. it. Come on, it's just sitting feel... there. I'll just send it to you. <laughs> Come on, it's like we're brothers and, and I'm wearing your clothes. No, but like, <laughs> I, I will probably never play Hand that game Hand me down again. your games, Michael. Huh? <laughs> Hand me down your games. Well, you can send it back to me when you're done, but like, I'm not... Thank you. I'm not playing it, like... So it's not, I'm not missing out on anything. I don't know. I, I, if I can find a used copy... So I'll go to my guy. I go to my guy at the video game store. And I'll be like, show me the used stuff for the PS4. So I'm going to buy the PS4 at the, at the Italian Best Buy with the coupons. Yep. Then I go to my guy and I'll get Final Fantasy and some used games. Yeah. Then I will update you next week. I'm excited. Ah, me too. <laughs> You're going to understand yeah. what, what current gen looks like. Yeah. I mean, Wii U is... Kinda current. It's not. But this is why I, I want you to to play something that's graphically really good. I mean, yeah. for all intents and purposes, it seems like Order eighteen eighty six is the best looking game that's come out in this gen, but it's apparently crap. So, well, it's not crap. It's easy, <laughs> so it's not too bad for me. I mean, nah. yeah, I mean, there's like quick time events. I just need to press buttons on the screen. <laughs> you know. I have heard people say that like it is just crap. Mm, yeah, I'll I'll get I'll get a I'll get a used game that shows off the the console's capabilities. Yeah, and that's not The Last of Us or GTA. By the way, not even Last of Us. No, it's remastered, but it still looks like a PS4 game, just with nicer textures. Like, I think that Call of Duty looks graphically better than The Last of Us does. I'll either get Call of Duty or Far Cry Four. I mean, but even Call of Duty though is like. Three point like PlayStation three point five because it was developed in the gap. So it's the games well, that I've are being developed never, now, which will look amazing. Never had a PS three either, so yeah, good point. But do, do you know what I mean? Though it's still not current gen. Yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. it was kind of in the middle. Like, and yeah. then Bloodborne is coming out like this. No, those week games scare me. Yeah, too scared. We're it's very both... similar with the games that we like. Yeah, those games like. They scare me for two reasons. One is the setting, like all grotesque, you know, um, kind of gives me the chills. Yep. And the second reason is the difficulty. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, not going to do that. I mean, I appreciate that they exist, just not for me. Um, Good stuff coming up, Michael. So what I'll is finally... Type Zero, then, if it's not Type 15? Zero. Oh, Type Zero is a PSP game from 2011. Oh. Um, and it's been remastered um, for, on for, for 
It, it was supposed to come out on PS4 and Vita. Not sure what happened to the Vita version, it, now it's just on PS4 and it includes a demo of Final Fantasy XV. But my understanding is that Type-0 was like, it was supposed to come out for the weird um, Final Fantasy XIII universe kind of saga that uh, Square Enix wanted to do and it came out only on PSP and now it's, it's out on PS4. It's got much better graphics. Um, some tweaks here and there. I read the reviews. It's kind of different from the usual Final Fantasy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm all for you know more Final Fantasy. Also, I really, really didn't like thirteen. So I'm happy to see <laughs> different takes on on the on the series. Cool. I'm starting to realize. I'm a I'm a Mario guy and an RPG guy, and I just need to accept that. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of games I like anymore. <laughs> like I really don't. Like I was thinking about this the other day, like because I thought I liked Zelda, but I have no real pull to play it. Okay. <laughs> and then you know I like these like some indie games that we play, but not all of them. Like I really don't even know what types of games I like anymore. Because then I've been playing. You know, I was talking about that like that Angry Birds pop game, mm-hmm. Stella Pop. I've been playing that. And you liked it? I like it. <laughs> I, I don't know what types of games I like anymore. I feel like my tastes are changing quite wildly. But do you know what I think it is, though? Like, And one of the reasons that I'm enjoying these mobile games more is because recently I just haven't had the time to play full-on games. So I'm I'm getting more enjoyment in these shorter, bite-sized games. Probably because they're the only games I can play. Hmm. Or maybe that you simply haven't found the full console game that, that makes you want to play it all the time. Well, I mean, I had GTA, and now I finished that. Um, so see, you finished the game. Yeah. So it's 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 not you, Mike. It's the games. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I, anyway. I want I want a, a new good PlayStation game. There's just nothing is is really exciting me at the moment. Like yeah yeah, but you're not the problem. No, I'm the solution. I suppose. Or are you? Or, or, or am I? <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um, if you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm/virtual/thirty-one. If you want to find us online, there's a few places you can do that. Uh, I am at iMike on Twitter, I-M-Y-K-E, and Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and you can find Federico's work at MaxStories.net. This show is part of Relay FM. You can find this show and more of our other shows at Relay.fm. I'm sure there's going to be stuff there that you like. Um, we are always got new things going on, so keep your eye locked to Relay.fm. Um, and I want to thank again our sponsor for this week, our friends over at Igloo. Uh, and we'll be back next time. Thank you for listening. Um, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.